Welcome to the Financial Coaches Network, a show to help financial coaches build and grow successful coaching businesses by focusing on the three pillars, getting clients, working with clients, and running the business. I'm Garrett Fulbin. Over the first four years as a coach, I grew a successful financial coaching business to over 80K in annual revenue. And I'm Joshua Escalante Troche. As a tenured professor of entrepreneurship and a consultant, during the past two decades, I've helped more than a thousand entrepreneurs start and grow their businesses. So get that pen and paper ready or open up the notes app on your phone. It's time to build your ideal financial coaching business. Welcome everyone in launch. This is our first session of guided practice. The goal of these guided practices is so that you can watch Garrett go through this process for his business, even though his business is already launched, so that you can see what types of questions you want to be asking yourself and how you want to be interpreting the homework and how to do it. This also should show you a very key piece of information, which is launch is not something that is just for launching your business. Uh, oftentimes, as we have pivotal moments in our business, as our businesses grow to new stages, or just as we feel like we need to readdress key things in our business, going through launch again can be very, very helpful in order to relaunch or launch the next phase of your business which is kind of what Garrett's going to be working toward. Yep. Today, we're going to be starting with the foundation, the mission, the vision, the purpose, and the goals. Garrett, why don't yes. we start by talking a little bit about your business big picture, and then we'll start looking at the things individually. Sure. So I've been in business as of recording just about five years. So when coaches are going through and filling out the, where do you want to be in five years? It's kind of not saying that I am where you will need or want to be, but when I did that exercise five years ago, like here I am. So it's really interesting going through this again and just getting a sense of where am I in regards to what my five-year vision was. And it was interesting going through the homework because the change that's happening in my business is that you know, I have my financial coaching business that I'm going to be taking through this launch process and also Financial Coaches Network, of which you're a part of. So it's me seeing how I want Be Awesome Not Broke, my coaching business, to look while I'm also running this other business with Josh. So what some of the goals I had a couple of years ago for the business are looking a bit different. So that was interesting for me to try and work out through this process. And that, that's a perfect example of the relaunch idea. Yes, absolutely. Tell me about your niche. Who do you target? Who do you serve? Yeah, that's something that has continuously been evolving. And for those of you who are new to coaching or looking to get into coaching, it will, as Josh said in the video, continuously evolve. And honestly, I haven't stuck by that niche uh, as much as I would have liked, you know, I've had many times the idea of who my ideal niche is, but I haven't felt the confidence to stick to it throughout these years. So just letting you know if that happens to you, it's part of the process. Don't change yourself or make yourself wrong. Uh, I don't have this written down right in front of me, but where what my niche is, is it's women 
so, so my tagline kind of is helping women release their financial conditioning and be their powerful badass selves. So I focus more on the emotional and behavioral side of money to start and then go into more of the practical numbers side of money uh, after we go through that initial process together. That was giving you way more information than you needed. My niche is generally uh, women or who I don't have a specific age. It's more of a psychographic who feel lack of confidence, power when it comes to money, often have been told explicit stories like you'll never be good enough, you'll never be good with money. You need a man to help you take care of your money. They they have this shame and doubt and anxiety around money that's really the block for them to be successful, which is why we focus on the behavioral piece before tackling the practical. And we're going to go into niche in week three. So we'll get into a lot more detail at that point. Cool. Uh, but I think it's important to have that context as we talk about your mission, your vision, your values, your goals. Yeah. All right. So let's take a look at the homework. Uh, that you put together and yeah. let's see where we're at. And let's start with, because I know you've got a little surprise. Uh, let's start with the actual form. Cool. An actual homework assignment. Are you able to see that? Definitely able to see it. Perfect. It got and busy you, quickly. <laughs> yeah, yes, it fills up quick. And so you've, uh, we'll show this in a second, but you've put, taken this information and you put it into a Word document so you have a little more breathing room. And that is perfectly fine. And I encourage every coach to do that because the important thing with this worksheet is twofold. Number one, to have a very easy way of laying out, these are the key things that I need and have I checked every box. And second fold, to have a piece of paper that you can look at as you're working on things. Right. Yeah, I realized that as I was going through and one page turned into four or so. And I realized, okay, as I'm writing all of this out, it's helpful to articulate it. And yet I was staring at those four pages and realizing this could easily overwhelm me. And how do I boil it down to the key? You know, we're talking about vital few. Right? Right. So how do I boil it down to be on that single page for the purpose of keeping me focused? And so you don't have to, this doesn't have to house all of the details. You can have that second page like you have, and then just have something that reminds you of the details here, right? Great. Also, keep in mind, this is a framework, not, it doesn't have to be this exact document that you have as your, your final document. Right. So let's look at the non-busy version, and let's kind of walk through each of these one by one. And I'd like to start with your mission and your vision. So my mission is to help people release their financial conditioning and be their powerful, badass selves. The Be Awesome Not Broke vision is to create a world that no longer carries, around, carries shame around money or okay. feels shame around money. All right. So let's talk about how I want you to think about your mission and your vision and then how you should think about modifying these. Cool. Okay. So we're going to start at a very high level with both of these. And part of the reason why you have not committed to your niche in action is because you have not committed to your niche on paper. Hmm. Where are women anywhere in here? Yeah, I was... It was funny when I reread 
Tesla's mission statement that you put up in the video. I was like, well, they didn't say this specific type of person. They said the world. So I was worried about narrowing that far down in the mission. So that was something where I kind of got cold feet. So I originally had this. I love it. Changed it. Yeah. And realize that your mission and your vision statement, it's not about communicating to other people. This is yeah. for Garrett. Yeah. So whatever you feel strongly, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. Yeah. With FCN, we have placed our mission and vision statement on our website because we feel it's important to communicate that. But don't allow that to cause you to turn your mission and vision statement into a watered-down branding piece or a watered-down marketing piece. Yeah. Right? Um, you can be as aggressive as you want and give yourself the free freedom to think, no one's going to see this except for me. That's right. And then you can choose to share it when you feel that it's important. Yeah. And then the same thing with the vision. And I'm not saying that you need to put women in there. Yeah. But think about, is there something that you want to, is it really a world that you want to create? Hmm. Or is there something more specific that you want to create in the world? Because what these ideally are going to do is when you have your mission and your vision, you can look back at these and you can use these as focal points. What this may mean in the future is you have someone come to you who is a man. And you decide, you know what? That doesn't fit with my new vision, with what I want my vision to be. And it's not to say that he's not deserving of financial help. Yeah. But you also have to be humble enough to say, I'm not the only one that could help him. Right. And you can have referral relationships and other people to make sure that he does get the help he needs. But it's not your vision. Right? We don't see Tesla also making high efficiency gas engine cars. Good point. Right. Even though there's a lot of people that need gas engine cars, they can't use electric cars. And those high efficiency gas engine cars would be great for the world. It's not their vision. And so they stay focused. We're going to go into both of these again. We're going to revisit both of these again when we get to the niche. In fact, the mission and the vision are going to come up quite regularly as we go through this process. <laughs> Let's talk about your vital fuel. All right. Okay. So we'll start off with the revenue ones. Always the most enjoyable to talk about. <laughs> yes. This one was interesting for me because looking at this year, so for full transparency's sake, last year, full year, I earned a little over $80,000, somewhere around 82K. Mm -hmm. So looking at this again, you know, I set a revenue goal that's about what I made last year, which felt weird. But I'm working to try and take into account what happens, how to balance that with what I'm building and what we're doing with FCN. And 
also looking at spending less time in BIOS and not broke, you know, adding efficiencies, increasing potentially increasing prices, and therefore working less but making the same amount. Okay. Um, or maybe even doing less, right? Taking on, depending, taking on even fewer clients and making less money if more time is invested in FCN and elsewhere. Yeah. So let's kind of talk through, um, talk through each of these. Uh, I think that it's perfectly fine to say $80,000 in annual revenue match last year's. Mm-hmm. Not only from where you are with regard to you've got some big changes going on, but for everyone else who may not have those big changes, it's also perfectly fine to say $80,000 a year is what I need to support my lifestyle, yeah. right? Or what I need to bring into my family to support our family's lifestyle. And I'm not interested in growing past that because that would require a lot more of my time. There is nothing that says that your business has to grow every single year. Oh, that is so important and needs to be said because I think there's this just in the ether, like grow, grow, build, build, always be having more and more. Now, if you have 15 employees, you have a responsibility to grow because you need to give them a career path and you need to give them job security and all this other stuff. Yeah. But that's not the case, right? Yeah. Um, And so this is about the business serving you and not you serving the business. Uh, With regard to the 30 new clients per year, uh, let's break that down. Mm -hmm. That's two and a half clients new a month. That's a client effectively every other week. Does that still feel realistic? And just to clarify, are we talking about a year from today? Let's do a 12-month period, yeah. 12-month period. You know, we're in the middle of a global pandemic, so some things are changing. Uh, for me, my main revenue referral source was Yelp in New York. Mm-hmm. And New York has been one of the hardest hit over the past couple of months. So those referral sources have dropped. So in a normal world, yeah, I had over 30 new clients last year. It wasn't a problem. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you know, starting today, there is more uncertainty. So my mind is definitely saying what I had, I think I need to add in at least one other or build up another source of referrals, whether it's, you know, whether it's referrals, whether it's just another marketing and sales channel. So it's up and I, I don't feel as confident this year as I do last. Okay. Frank. Okay. So let's talk about your action that you're taking which is your B item. Uh, Updating referral partners effectively on the relaunch of the business. Yes. I would encourage you to, and this is perfectly fine to leave this as your action item, but I think it's important to pull this out as its own goal. Hmm. So that, if this is the thing that's going to get you to those 30 clients a year, mm-hmm. and it's not a simple thing, there's going to be a lot that goes into contacting your referral partners. Yeah. And 
there's going to be a lot that goes into the best practice of don't do this once, update them, <laughs> and then I'll do this again when the entire thing falls apart. Yeah, that was right here. I, you can see the kind of the question I had of, I know there's going to be more needed, and I'm trying to remember if this was down here um, where I put, yeah, like a sales system for one-on-one -on -one clients. Mm -hmm. So I kind of have it down here, but that's really helpful to know that it does need its own space. Yeah. And, and play, place the goal of right now, what do you think would be, and it doesn't have to be right, yeah. it just has to be down on paper. What would be a timetable for how often to schedule a session, a conversation with referral partners that isn't going to make them feel like, why the hell is Garrett Kelly calling me again? And this would be for each advisor, right? So kind of how often I check in with each advisor. My head immediately goes to, well, it depends on the touch point, like a call versus just sending them something to stay top of We're mind. talking about an actual call, scheduling a 20, 30-minute catch-up session. Hmm. Uh, probably once every six months. I feel okay. So you feel that once every six months, they would not be thinking, "Why the hell is Garrett calling me so much?" Yeah, uh, because if I'm picking up and calling on the phone for twenty, thirty minutes, there would hopefully be an important reason as to why I was doing that, or some information to share. So here is what I why I'm asking the question in this way: yeah. not what is the optimal schedule, how often could you do it, but how often could you call them where you feel like you're not bugging them? Because let's be honest, the biggest barrier to you picking up the phone and calling your referral partners is your head trash around, I don't want to bother them. They're busy people. It's like you can read my mind. Yeah. So if we've got, if we say every six months, they're not going to be bothered by that. And you feel comfortable and confident in that then let's put that down as a schedule because we know that psychologically you're comfortable doing it. So question. Whether it's put... optimal or not is irrelevant because it's going to happen. Right. So then should I put this up here? And this may be Let's a do it as a, as a uh, part of revenue goal. Yeah. Let's do it as another goal right underneath the revenue goal. Right. Okay. To support 30 new clients, I will schedule sessions every six months with each of my referral partners. Now I want to, you, what you have right here is perfectly fine. You kind of have the specific on, uh, as A, you've got the actionable as B, you've got the realistic and time bound as D, right? The different elements of it. Let me give you another version of the goal that okay. hits all of the smart in a single sentence. Give it to me. Bye. July of 2021, I will have brought on 30 new clients with $80,000 in revenue, primarily through referral partners and updating them on my growing and changing business. Not exactly great. I would probably wordsmith it and throw some things around to make it a little more concise. Okay. But the point is that had everything in a single sentence. 
Um, now for the deadline, let's go back to the deadlines on the, uh, back to the worksheet. We put one year, one year, one year. Mm -hmm. You can leave it as one year for now, but I like putting deadline deadlines on them. Hmm. So give me July 1st, 2021. And the reason why is because when you say one year, every time you look at that sheet, you're psychologically going to go, oh, I've got a year to do this. Yes, when I you would. you say have. July 1st, 2021, you go, holy crap, it's June. Um, and so creating those psychological triggers are really important to help you stay focused and stay subconsciously motivated on each of these goals. Got it. All right, let's go back to the other sheet. I hope people don't get uh, dizzy with our, with our spinning around. <laughs> Going back and forth. Yeah. Well, and this is interesting because I'm also realizing that there are some goals that need to happen before order of operations. So mm -hmm. updating my website with the new language that I'm going to come up with before then being able to. So there will be some maneuvering and figuring out which goal has to come before another. Yeah. And that's where the vital few is going to be helpful when we get to that. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So now we've got a five-year revenue goal, 100 new clients a year, and $250,000 in annual revenue. You read my mind, which is my immediate question was going to be, that is a big jump, not that you can't do it in five years, but based on everything else that you've talked about with regards to what's going on in your life. Yes. And you've talked about how you're going to deal, deal with that, hiring coaches, training them in your specific process, et cetera, et cetera. But based on, and I'm not telling you that this is wrong. I am literally legitimately asking you the question based on our conversation before about you don't need to grow if you don't want to. Mm -hmm. Is this still something that you do want as a goal? And it's perfectly fine to say yes. That is some fantastic pushback. My gut says I want it to be more than it is currently but it doesn't need to be as big as what I put down. So for example, seeing the natural growth that has happened in the business, honestly, without very great marketing and sales techniques. I mean, I've shared this in the Facebook group. I've shared this before. Like, marketing and sales is your expertise, not mine. I've managed to grow this without a, a lot of inherent understanding of how to do it. Tried a lot of different things as some of them as were. But I feel that maybe what is more realistic is saying, oh, by the end of five years, I maybe have one or two coaches, you know, the revenue being around, just like natural growth, where I'm like, oh, it, it could easily grow into like 50 new clients a year without me really having to do too much. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have then one or two coaches who handle probably, let's just say one other coach. Okay, I got it. Let's right. say like $125,000 in annual revenue mm -hmm. with either two coaches underneath and me not really taking on anyone because at that point in time, I'm full-time FCN and or right. what other projects are on the plate or 
you know, I'm taking on one or two clients who are like my perfect, ideal, absolutely in love with clients a month just because I enjoy that work. Mm-hmm. And then everything else goes to a coach. Okay. So I'm going to completely rephrase everything in your goal based on what you said. Let's do it. All right. And we're going to get rid of 100 new clients a year. Okay. We're going to get rid of $250,000 in revenue. Okay. Because what you described had nothing to do with the number of clients or the dollar amount of the revenue. You did describe revenue, mm-hmm. but not the number of clients or the dollar amount. Of revenue. Okay. Okay. What you described in is in five years, mm-hmm. having revenue and a business mm-hmm. that would support you either not taking on any clients or only taking on the few ideal perfect clients and having a coach that handles the rest. Sounds a whole hell of a lot better to me. (laughs) And whatever that means, whether that's 125,000, which I think is low, whether that's 200,000 or whether that's 500,000 doesn't matter because the revenue is there to support this. Mm-hmm. And it's still a revenue goal. We just don't need to have a dollar amount. We need to figure out, we'll need to figure out later what that dollar amount is to be able to do this. Gotcha. Right. But now we know what we're building for. Now we know, and this will probably help to influence whether you say yes to certain clients or not. Absolutely. Right. All right. And then we have expenses. Yes. So uh, take-home pay will be 15% of revenue. Okay. So but we're looking at an 85% expense. Oops. <laughs> you could tell I wrote that too quickly. Uh, we'll say expenses. There we go. Will be 15% of uh gross would you say gross gross revenue mm-hmm. yep. Yep. all right that feels and let's put this down as non coach expenses perfect because you're not going to be able to do 15% of revenues long term if you have a coach that you're hired unless you are grossly violating the law Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. All right. So now we've got a good understanding of the controls that we're going to place on spending. And this becomes really important. A goal like this becomes really important because there are lots and lots of fun toys you can buy. Yes. Right? And one of the things that this will do is to help to identify not that you have to say no to a fun toy. You have to say yes to a fun toy when my revenue hits this level because the calculation of the 15% would now allow me to add that in, right? Yep. And so it's not about saying yes or no to tools. It's about identifying when is the right time to bring in a tool. Yeah, and I based it off of my current expenses are about 10% of revenue. Mm -hmm. Uh, A little bit less now with Conferences getting canceled and 
So that being the reality that we're in the pandemic, but knowing that in the past, the sales and marketing systems that I've set up have been mostly free and just taking my time. Yeah. So wanting to invest more money in, you know, where it makes sense, not just throwing money at things, but to, because I do want more of my time to be spent with FCN to be able to then set up more automated systems and be able to put money towards them once they're set up. And, and this percentage, and that makes a lot of sense, and this percentage will change over time. Yeah. Because uh, my guess is if you could build a business in five years where your non-coach expenses are 40% of revenue, but you're bringing home twice as much money, you'd probably be okay with that. I absolutely would. Right. But we don't want to assume that spending 40% of revenue will bring in twice as much money, which is why having controls is important. Got it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Uh, It also helps iTunes and everything else know that you liked it and suggest it to other people. And if you can think of one person, a financial coach or someone aspiring to be, who would connect with what we talked about today, share it with them as well. If you're ready to take the next step and build your successful financial coaching business, FCN has turnkey resources to help you get clients, work with clients effectively, and run your business efficiently. Head to Financial Coaches Network backslash start here or Financial Coaches Network backslash stall if you're Sean Connery. Thank you again for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast.